Welcome to the Cork Creative Podcast. We have started this podcast to provide all the wonderful people working imaginatively and innovating in the creative arts and in business a platform to discuss their journey to now, plans for the future and lessons learned. If you would like to learn more, please visit corkcreative.ie. I am Jordan Hennessy, your host. I work for Flux Learning, a digital education company proudly situated in Clannacilty, County Cork, where I live and work. I'm delighted to be joined by Aoife McLaughlin, born and reared overlooking the beautiful beach at Lintadani in Clannacilty and now living in nearby Bandon with her husband Phil and dogs Joey and Rocco. I went to school with Aoife and whilst my memories of Miss O'Connell's art class in Sacred Heart Secondary School might be fading fast, I can attest to her talent as a teenager. Scrolling through my Instagram feed a few weeks ago, her beautiful work stopped me in my tracks, even though her marital name didn't mean anything to me immediately. When the penny dropped who this Aoife was, I knew she needed to be a guest on our podcast. So today we will discuss the obvious challenges presented by the pandemic, but also lessons learned and plans for 2021 and beyond. Aoife's career, her motivation, approach and inspiration. You are very welcome to Cork Creative Aoife. Hi Geraldine, thanks a million for having me on. No problem. Uh, first and foremost, we will address the obvious question. How has 2020 and the early parts of 2021 been for you personally, as a physio and as an artist in West Cork? Um, for me, there's been positives and negatives. Like as as a physio, you know, at the very beginning, there was a lot of fear, like we were preparing for the worst. Um, mm. So definitely there was a lot of anxiety just going into work. Um, and then interestingly, like I had more time, but I, I couldn't create anything. Like there was a couple of months where I actually didn't didn't do anything creatively. I just didn't. I wasn't able. And I think a lot of artists maybe felt the same where we had time, but just weren't in the right headspace. Um, but then as things settled down, um, I definitely had more time without distractions. You know, normally you'd be going to meet people and going for lunch and, and stuff um, and we couldn't do that. So I definitely had more time to just, you know, get focused and think about where I wanted to go and then create more pieces. And and actually it was my busiest year in terms of sales. Like people were incredibly supportive, I think, of especially of local artists. And mm. um, I mean, I sold, I couldn't keep up with orders. Sometimes I was I just couldn't get over how how people were so supportive and and they were still buying art. I, I thought, who's going to buy art in a pandemic? You know, mm. it's going to be the last thing on people's minds. But but actually, um, I found yeah, I was I was I was busy and um, it, and it was good. So there was there was positives and, and there was negatives. But but overall, you know, just yeah, it was, it was it was it was good. I suppose. Well, I suppose a lot of people are at home more and are in their houses more and want to be surrounded by nice things to look at. I know that about my own house. I've never seen my house in such a, a light as, as I have done in the last few yeah. months, you know, so I can understand why people would want to all of a sudden go, you know what, I think I'm going to buy this art. And it's it's nice to support local people, you know, and yeah. local artists, especially during a pandemic when things can be difficult for people. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I was I was pleasantly surprised I thought it was going to be the opposite but it, it was it was good you know yeah and the the first few months was it just that you felt that I've loads of time and I'm going to be able to create loads but 
actually then when it came to it, you're like, oh God, where am I going to get my, you, yeah. you just found it hard to just get into the groove, I suppose, was it? Yeah. And I, I think because I had so much more time, I felt like I was under more pressure to produce more. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I actually, I just couldn't, I, I, I don't think I did anything for about two months. Now I was working, yeah. um, like, you know, as a physio and, and that was pretty stressful, um, you know, just in the beginning, mm. um, until they kind of knew where we were at. Um, but but then I just, what I did was I just started really with this very small piece and did, did an hour and then gradually I just got back into it. Yeah. Um, and that, that was kind of, that was the end of that kind of block then, you know. Mm. Sure, it happens, I suppose, to all artists. They get a bit of a lull moment and then mm-hmm. the creative juices start flowing again and, and you're yeah. off again. But I think especially because, you know, I don't know how anxious I felt, but it must have been there you know, underlying everything, yeah. but that anxiety was probably affecting how, how I wasn't able to create either, you know. Yeah, because we're probably not aware of the underlying issues that might be there. I think that's what every, everyone, and I think sometimes too, the more time you have, the harder it can be. So working as a physio must be completely different to working as an artist. How do you marry the two? I think they balance each other well. Like in my job as a physio, you're very much focused on the patient. So you're listening to, you know, what problems they may have and you're coming up with solutions to make them function better or feel better. So your 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 focus is on the other person. Um then when I'm doing my art, I'm I'm creating it for essentially myself, I suppose. I'm not trying to please anybody else. Um and like in the beginning, kind of initially I felt very self-indulgent. I had this time just to do what I wasn't thinking about another person, you know, yes, if that yeah. makes sense. Mm. Um, so for me, there's a good balance. Like I really enjoy that part of physio where you're, you're getting to kind of, you know, work with other people. Um, but I can be a bit more selfish with my art. I can go into my room and it's just my time and I'm just creating for myself. And I, I don't really, you know, make my pieces um, based on what I think, you know, a person might buy. I, I kind of create what I like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's that balance between you know, for other people and then for myself. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a good balance to have, I suppose. You know, they're quite different. So and they, they balance each other then in their differences, I suppose. Yeah. And and I also feel like socially, like when I'm when I'm at work, I'm surrounded by other people, my colleagues and patients, like you know, my whole day is around other people. Mm. Um and then when I'm doing my art, I'm very much on my own. Yes. And I don't have that, you know, <laughs> other people around me. Yeah. Um so I think I need both. Mm. Like I've I've been on a little bit of time off. I took a few weeks off there just to, just to focus on my art, mm. and it was great. But after a while, I was I was itching for a bit of company, you know. Um, so I'm glad I have both to to kind of balance out, you know. I suppose it suits your personality because you're quite a, you know a friendly person. I can't imagine you just being in a room by yourself, you know, even though it might be the most amazing thing to be doing, uh, you know, all this artwork, but you're a real people person. So I think it suits you to have both. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but I, I yeah. do enjoy my own company too. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm glad that like I'm going back to work now next week and I'm looking forward to that too. That's good. You know? yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a good balance you have. So and you're happy yeah. with that. Very good. Definitely. Very good. Yeah. So um, lino printing, it's its not the most common artistic medium. What drew you to it in the first place? It's hard to know. There was nothing particularly that 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 said, oh, I must do lino printing. I didn't see any other lino prints. Um, 
but I was I was working in acrylics and then oils and the kind of paintings I were doing were quite detailed and, and quite precise you know that that's kind of what I enjoy doing um and like the last time I had done lino was when I was 14 and in school like with lino you you sketch your idea and then you you transfer that to the, the, the sheet of lino and then you carve it out using tools once you've it carved you ink it up and then you press it onto paper so like there's there's a few different elements it's not just painting or drawing like there's there's kind of a sculptural element with the carving and there's the inking and the printing um, and even how you you think about your image on the paper is different to how you think about it when you're when you're painting so like when you're painting you you have tones and shadows and shades and you don't tend to have that with lino like you can i don't tend to to, to do that style um so you're very kind of you're thinking in more graphic kind of a way and your line has to be quite quite strong you know so I don't really know, um, but but I just got addicted. Once I started, I was like, this this is, I love this, you know, like I really enjoyed the painting. But then when I got into the lino, I just felt, yeah, this is this is what I, I want to keep doing and just see, can I get better and better? I mean, I'm self-taught. I, I, I did one course in Cork Printmakers Honest, um, a weekend course, but apart from that, I'm just learning as I go. Do you think that it's a thing that you will just get better at or like, is it a learning curve for you when you look back at your earlier work? Um, have you seen improvement on it since the beginning or? Definitely. Um, like definitely my coordination is better and just even what I'll take on. Um, like before I would have kept my pieces very small um, or not too detailed because I wouldn't have been sure I'd have been able to to get that level of, of detail, you know, um, whereas now I can take on much bigger pieces and, you know, even if there's very fine lines or fine detail work, I feel I could tackle it much better. Um, and, and even like I bought a new press there recently. So that that takes a bit of figuring out and, mm. you know, how to work the pressure. And, you know, so there's there's so much I need to learn and yes. there's so much I am learning. Um, so, yeah, I, I see how see how things go. But it's like I, I've seen I've watched your videos on Instagram and on your website it's just, it's, it's actually really relaxing to look at you doing it. <laughs> yeah. I just put up my videos and I'm like, do people actually want to see this? But Oh, um, I think it's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I must say, I thought it was quite engaging and it made me, like, that's how I first came up on you on Instagram was, I just saw one of your videos. I went, oh my God, who is this? And I thought, yeah. wow, this is really interesting. I, I think with, with print, um, I don't know if people always know what goes into making a print like sometimes people see a print and they just think it might be done by a computer or yes. done you can just press print on a machine like and people haven't really heard of lino and I just felt there's so much work going into this um I'm not pressing print on a machine so I just felt the videos were a way to show people what what I actually do to create the piece and then I think they can enjoy the piece more and have more of an appreciation for forest because um, there's a lot of work in it like it's not a as you say it's not a press a button and out pops this um beautiful print and it's nice to see because it's not going to be perfect you know yeah. and that's part that's part of the charm of the final piece in my opinion anyway you know and that's part of the challenge for me because i i like it to be perfect <laughs> um <laughs> so <laughs> i i have to sometimes go I, I wouldn't notice that, you know, if I was oh. buying the piece or, you know, like, it, I think, I think there is a charm in it not being perfect either. Cause then, yeah. then it, you can appreciate that it's made by, by someone's hands, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Cause mm. it's handcrafted and that's part of the, the appeal of the whole process then, you know. Yeah. Um. So like what or who 
are your biggest influences? Again, this is kind of a hard question. Like mm-hmm. I, there's no one lino printer or print artist or, or anyone that I, I kind of look at and go, oh, yeah, well, it's amazing. You know, I, I tend to get my inspiration from or influence from just random things. Like I could be looking at a magazine and see a color combination and think, oh, that, that could make something interesting. Or I might see, I don't know, anything um, in, in a painting or a book that might just spark off an idea. Um, but I suppose one of the people who influenced me the most in terms of trying to to turn this into more of a, a business or or like make a bit of a living from it was an artist called Roisin O'Farrell. Um, she's a Wicklow-based artist. Now, she's very much into oil painting. And I, I did an online oil painting course with her. Um, but then she did a, a business skills course for artists in Cork in January last year. And I, I did that with her. And she just made the point, like, if you're going to do this as a hobby, well, then just do it as a hobby and enjoy it. But if you're going to try and make a living from it or some bit of a living from it, then you have to also think of it as a business. Um, and that kind of changed my mindset from from thinking of it as a hobby to thinking of it as as a business. And I'm not a business person. <laughs> I have no idea about all that. Um, but it just started to focus me. OK, do I do I want to make a bit of a living from this could I and in that case I need to look at things like branding and marketing Mm. and selling my work and pricing and you know uncomfortable things sometimes for for an artist um but but that was kind of a massive influence on on kind of changing my mindset from it being a hobby and I'll look maybe I'll sell a few pieces here and there to to kind of going okay well could I balance this at my physio Mm. and and make make some bit of a living from it um she's a, an artist who does that very successfully you know um so her course was great yeah so it's, it's kind of interesting to hear you talking about influences say from outside not just what we would say or oh, another artist of say a, a lino print artist is giving you mm-hmm. an influence you find inspiration kind of in the day-to-day as well as as everything else so when you wear a, go through a magazine you come across something do you write it down or do you just remember it or how do you keep track of all your inspirations then or your ideas? I write this. I have reminders in my phone. <laughs> I have like a memo list in my phone. Um, I'm constantly writing stuff down. I have little diaries, a little notebooks that I write stuff in. Um, and oftentimes it's nighttime. Just when I'm about to fall asleep, I'll think of something. Something will come back into my head and I'll play it over and over in my mind, trying to come up with how that would look visually. Like sometimes yes. it's just a feeling or an emotion that I'll, I'll try and show visually you know if that if yeah. that makes sense yeah. um and I'll, I could lie awake for a couple of hours and and then hopefully remember it in the morning oh, yeah. <laughs> when, when I wake up um that that's how I tend to tend to work you know so yeah can you describe your art and approach to those listening who may not yet be familiar with your work I I have kind of two main areas that I that I'm working on at the moment so the first would be my coastline series um so that's where I take like OSI maps, you know, the maps which have all the contour lines mm. and I, I outline the coast and, and the contour lines and then I transfer that image to the lino and then I, I carve out those lines and then I ink them in this kind of a rich metallic gold ink and then I press them onto this very light azure blue paper. So that's kind of one of my my series and where I got the idea from that was um, my dad is very big into like family tree, you know, the family tree. So he he wrote a book for myself and my siblings on 
all of our ancestors and where they came from. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I just took out the book one day and I took out a map and I was just looking at where where my great great grandparents are from. Mm. And like, to be honest, they're all within 20 kilometers, probably less of Planakilty. Like we, yeah. we didn't travel far, you know. Um, <laughs> so I just I, I just love the way that the contour lines connected all my ancestors, you know, like yeah. these were unconnected people, but lines were connecting them on this map. So so I did this map as kind of a visual form of my family tree. And I, I inked it and I printed it for my parents. Um, and then that just gave me the idea. It, so it, it looks like a map, you know, you know, it's a map of Ireland, mm. but it's still quite contemporary like it's not mm. in your face a map you know mm. um so so yeah I just I just started doing like just small coastlines so Clonacilty Bay, Cormacherry Bay and then I went a little bit bigger so they were A5 and then I went up to A3 kind of the West Cork coastline and then I said I'll just I'll try bigger again so I went to A2 which is the biggest sheet of lino I can I can reasonably work with you know and and I just did big coastlines say so you know down Sheep's Head area, Bear mm. Peninsula, and then I went up to Clue Bay, and so so I'm working my way around Ireland with those with those big coastlines. Um, so that's that's one of the the, the areas that, or one of the series I'm kind of working on. Um, Your geography and, must be very good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but then someone will ask me, "Oh, do you have a do you have a print with this area?" And I'll have to go back and look at the map. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, yeah. But um, and then one of the other the other series I'm working on is I don't know if there's a name for it, but it's kind of like motivational or inspirational prints or something. But it's um, that's more based on kind of like kind of your emotions in it in a visual form. Like so, say one of the one of the ones which is popular is this triptych of a of a girl who's it's called "Be Brave, Dive In, and Swim." Mm. So it's a woman who is standing on the edge of a of a diving board. And she's just at the very edge, you know, her, her toes are over the edge, she's about about to jump, but she's still not, not she hasn't quite jumped yet. And, and that was just from like, I, I was, I was walking to work, I was trying to make a, a decision. And, and I just, I got this image of just standing on the edge of a, of a cliff, you know, <laughs> would I, would I jump or would I, would I stay yeah. where it was safe? And I just wanted, I wanted to print to, to kind of remind myself to just, just go for it you know what's, yeah. what's the worst that could happen so I did a I did a print so it's a, it's a series of three so in the second one then she's she's diving and then in the last one her legs are up in the air you know she's oh, in the water brilliant. yeah um so I put that in my bathroom and um and then I put it up on Instagram and and next thing people just they just liked it and they, they weren't Went even going to buy it, for it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I've just done a few of those kind of prints and people tend to like them sometimes too your your pieces are very intricate and working with lino can be unforgiving. How do mm-hmm. you stay focused? Um, well, definitely with, with lino, like you, you have sharp tools and you're, you're carving very fine lines, um, especially in, in, in some of my pieces. And like I could be working on something for, for days, a big A2 piece and, and I'd be coming to the very end. <clears throat> and if I if I'm distracted, and my hand slips that's that's the end of the that's the end of the print that's all oh your hard work to start again it doesn't happen very often or or if it does happen you, you might you might get away with it you know mm. um because i tend to overthink things i'd be talking to myself constantly um if i do that while i'm doing my lino i will always make a mistake um it's it's just a given so what i do is i put on my music and i just 
you know, I just say, just follow the line, you know, and it's it's like a form of meditation or mindfulness yeah. or something. <laughs> like, I was going to say that that sounds like meditation, you know, that yeah. you you have to focus on what you're doing and you have to kind of forget about the all the the outside stuff and just mm. focus on what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, and like the minute if I feel my mind wandering, I go, if you're going to make you're going to ruin this print if you don't stop. And it just focus. it just forces me to stop and just get back to focusing on carving and the line and I could spend hours in that zone then. And would would you be exhausted after it? Like that sounds like exhausting to me that you're just focusing so narrowly on, on something so um, intricate. Like it must be very tiring. It's more, I do get headaches <laughs> after <laughs> if I've been all day. And like sometimes I'm like, no, I'm getting this finished, you know, I'm staying yeah. up and I'm going to get this finished. Um, now, Phil, my husband, he he's, has kind of said to me, if you have to just, just stop at six o'clock, like, you know, just, <laughs> you know, just put away, take weekends off, stop at six. Yeah. Uh, because there is that temptation to just, I just get another bit done. I just, just, just the next bit done, you know, and then it's, yeah. it's two hours later. Um, so, so yeah, you definitely have to focus when you're doing lino printing. Gosh, like I just remember back in art class and I'd be there carving it out and then I'd slip and be like, oh God. <laughs> and if you cut your so... fingers, like I, I'm covered yeah. in cuts, like, you know. When, when I was looking through all your pieces on, up on your website and on Instagram, I was like, gosh, that's just amazing. I'd never be able to do that. <laughs> and I have so much um admiration for you knowing how difficult it actually is because it like when you see the finished product you're like oh yeah that's lovely and isn't it beautiful and that's easy but it's not easy it's very difficult <laughs> that that's where the videos I think helps to, yeah. to show show what you do but also I as time went on I invested in more like better quality tools and mm. better quality you know for rolling out the ink and, and I and I got a press there recently which has totally changed things um so that that has made things easier like you don't realize how hard it's been until you get till you get a better carving tool and you're like mm. all right okay this, this is this is much better so so I'm glad I've kind of put a bit more money not just gone with the kind of the, the cheaper stuff um, yeah you've, inv- you've invested in your art as such mm-hmm. and like is it hard to find equipment like that and like I presume it's it- kind of specialist enough you know it can be. Um, I unfortunately I have to get a lot of my stuff from the UK. Like mm. I really try and source stuff from Ireland as much as I can, but because it's so niche, mm. um, like I do get stuff from Cork Art Supplies, and like you know I get like, my frames from Strand Framing and things like that. Mm. But like some of the the inks and the more kind of specialised equipment, I do have to source it from the UK. Mm. Of course, you're not just a lino print artist, but also a very talented painter. Do you think you will move into other art mediums in the future? Um, like I, I might go back to painting at some mm. stage, but I just, there's something about printmaking that has kind of captured my interest. Um, there's other areas of printmaking I'd love to look at, like, um, etching and intaglio printing. Like I don't, I have never tried them, but, but I love, um, the effect that they create. Mm. Like, so like with lino, it's a relief print. So you're, you're carving out an area and then you're, you're printing the area that's left, you know? Mm. Um, and then with intaglio, you the areas you carve are the areas that get printed. If, if, if oh, you yes, know what it's I mean. kind you of the, the paper down into the yeah, into yeah. The, the carved areas, um, which gives a beautiful effect. So that's something I might might look at in the future. But for now, I'm kind of busy with you. You, you know the area that you like. You're happy with where you are, <laughs> but you never know what what's in the future. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
And are there any peer groups and networks in Cork that you find a helpful support as you start out as an artist? For me, the local enterprise office has been really great. Like a few years ago, I went to one of their business clinics. I think I've been to a couple of them, actually. Um, like at the beginning, I was taking in stuff like just cards I had made and they, they weren't great. And like, to be fair, like it was Maeve Ring was there. She didn't laugh or tell me they were terrible. Like she she was like, no, this is something, you know, you just you can work with and trying to give me ideas of how to improve what I was doing and, and thinking about selling. And um, I also did their start your own business course. So that's like one evening for six weeks. And again, I found that really helpful just thinking mm. about, you know, finance planning and, and all that. Um, and then they do they do a Women in Business Day every year. So last year we went to the Celtic Ross and this year it was on Zoom. And they just, you know, organise a range of women who have set up their businesses um, and you just hear them speak about, you know, things that they did right, things that they did wrong. And, and um, I found days like that really inspiring, you know. Mm. I suppose you can't obviously be brilliant at everything. So you were saying earlier that business isn't your forte, but mm-hmm. you, you find that that extra support that the Leo provided was good for you, that it, it gave you that extra, I suppose, bit of confidence as you went out in, into your own art business. You, you found De- that good? Definitely. Like, and it just got me thinking about things I, I mightn't have thought about. Like, you mm. know, like in the start of a business course, they thought about, they talked about, you know, becoming um, a sole trader. I, I don't know what that was, you mm. know, and, um, you know, doing tax returns. And um, <laughs> you know. so I found even just to start me thinking about those kind of things yeah, yeah. Um, was, was very helpful. Get your artistic brain thinking um, a little bit more business wise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just where I could go to maybe get more information as well you know mm. like I I'm sure there's like a mentoring program I think which I haven't really explored yet but that's something I could look at mm. if, if I needed to or wanted to you know. And how has your approach evolved in your art how how have things moved on with the way you you do your art? Um, I think I suppose my skills have improved definitely my, my carving skills and I'm, I'm, I'm better at, at that um, but also what I'll take on you know um, like before I would have worked very small I wouldn't have really I would have been daunted by trying anything too big um, whereas now I, I love working in, in bigger bigger pieces you know um, and I also I suppose I, th- I think more about like the colours that I use the paper the type of paper and how that how that will look kind of and like just like to say do the materials you, that you use do they impact on the final product like say the that, that you have to think of loads of different factors so when you're when you're making your lino print yeah like one I suppose mistake I made in some ways I, I didn't know better was I, I print my coastlines on this um, I suppose it, it's a pastel paper really it's not a, it's not a specifically for printing um, so it, it's quite thick and a little bit textured but I just love that colour and I I picked it for the colour, um, but I can't get that paper. I can't get a different paper in that colour, if you know what I mean. Oh gosh, but yeah. it, it makes it very difficult to print on and to get to get an even print. Mm. Um, if I had known that now, <laughs> I don't know if I would have chosen that paper. Um, but look, you learn. But but I, yeah. I you know, I, I've, there's ways around it. Like I, yeah. I, I do, I do make it work, but I, I do throw away more prints than I would like because mm. the paper is, is difficult to print on. Mm. Um, so, so if I do a new series, I'll probably be more selective in the type of paper that I use. 
lessons learned so for the, yeah. the next series. <laughs> yeah. So like what are the, the biggest challenges you face as an artist? Um, I would say for me, it's probably working on my own, you know, like I, I did apply or I, I, I emailed Cork Printmakers to ask could I become um to, for one of their memberships, you know, mm. um, and it was like February last year and then COVID hit and mm. they weren't taking on any new members. Um, and, and also I think now there there's well I don't think you can go in there now anyway. Mm. So I'm working very much on my own. So like no, I, I have like I'm in a few like a Lino group on Facebook and I'm in a kind of a bite the biscuit. This is a kind of a a group on Facebook again for people who are, have small businesses. So they're great like if I have a question or if I'm sure about something, I can go onto the group and ask. Um but essentially I have to kind of figure things out myself. And mm. I probably make more mistakes than than I would if if you, if I had somebody if I was working alongside somebody, yeah. you know. Um so that's probably one of the, the challenges. And also um it's probably just having the time to to not just create art but also the, the business side of things mm. now that I that I'm hoping to try and maybe sell more pieces. Um that's something I would have probably struggled with trying to be like a marketing person and a you know about finance and even just things like sourcing packaging and taking photographs of my work and replying to emails you know like you have to do all they take more time than I than I thought yeah and so it's trying to to manage um all of those <laughs> you, you know? have to be the sales department the marketing department uh you have to be the creative department you have to be loads of different um departments yeah. when you're um, and, an artist and as I said like I, I'm not my background isn't in business my my family background wouldn't be in business so mm. now my, my my husband is so he's great like I can ask him questions as well but um but still like a lot of it is just learning as I go and just saying oh, yeah I'll just I'll just just try and see what happens you know yes but that's sometimes that's the best way and you learn and you'll remember the lessons you've learned whereas if someone told you something you might retain that as much you know whereas if you make the mistake you'll remember it for the next <laughs> <Yeah>. time <laughs> well hopefully yeah. or let's just make it again yeah, yeah well in, yeah. in my case that happens quite a lot <laughs> <laughs> what is your dream project or what would be your ideal work um thing that you could do um, well, one of the things is that I have a half ton printing press sitting in my sitting room at the moment. It's in the corner. It's like it's from the 1860s. It's an old uh, treadle uh, printing press. It's got one of those big flywheels, you know, so it's it's cast iron, I think. Like, I happened across a girl who was selling one. Um, last year she she was moving house she needed to kind of sell it quickly and I just thought oh, I just have to, <laughs> have this to is it. yep. get this it's, it's a great opportunity like I was thinking about getting a smaller tabletop one and this is this is big like I mean this is <laughs> this takes up a bit of space um, and I suppose I haven't had as much time as I've wanted to to kind of get to grips with it I've tried a little bit but there's a bit more learning involved maybe than I than I thought but I'm doing an online course now on on it's letterpress p- printing, it's called, you know, mm. um, it's where you kind of get that debossed effect into the paper. Um, so I'm doing an online course on that. And then I'm also doing like an online digital design course because to print with this press in the old days, they would have gotten individual letters, you know, the, like mm. type metal type. And they would have put together the sentences and the paragraphs and the pages individually made the words, <laughs> you know, each page had to be done that way. Um, and nowadays you can create a design digitally, send yeah. it to a company who make it into a 
place for you. So I just need to learn how to design digitally because again I don't have a background in that yes yeah but um I mean everything can be learned and there's mm. there's amazing resources online you know um so I just working away through those courses and kind of practicing on the press but like maybe someday I'll I'll I don't know come up with a range of stationery or or yeah. something so I can use the use the printing press it's it's gorgeous like I love it in my sitting room but it probably needs to work for its money you know and it has this printing press got a name <laughs> <laughs> it actually doesn't oh most my people, god <laughs> most people name their presses yeah. um but I I haven't quite gotten there with that yes and she was called Minerva actually oh my god the name of of the the type of press it's, it's a cropper Minerva mm. um it was built in Nottingham in, I think it's between 1865, 1867, I think, um, which is fascinating. Mm. They say it's called Cropper because if you if your fingers get stuck, you, you come a Cropper, you know, but I don't think that's exactly why it was called yeah. Cropper. Um, <laughs> but it's a Cropper Minerva. Yeah, it's, it's it's gorgeous. Oh my gosh. And it's in your sitting room. Is that where you do your printing or do you have a separate area for doing your printing? Or I do. I, I've taken over one of the bedrooms. That's where I do my artwork. But with the with the printing press, it's so heavy. Like it's it's definitely over half a ton. Oh gosh. Uh, it has to it has to go on, on the ground floor. It can't go upstairs because it'll come through the the roof probably. Oh and gosh. even getting it into our house, getting it out of that girl's house into our one was was a feat. Um, so oh. where it is now, it, it it can't move. Like it's it's there. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a moving. piece of the furniture now. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So we we spoke about your printing um, press there, but which piece of technology or software can you not live without, and why? For me, it's probably like Instagram. I think actually, yeah, like, but like Instagram is the social medium really for. Um, artists it's a perfect place for for an artist to to show their works yeah like I I just started a few years ago not not to sell at all like I I never thought people would buy my stuff I didn't even it wasn't even in my headspace really I just said I'll just put it up and um, kind of document my work and then you can connect with other artists and see their work and get inspiration as well um, but now it's the main form of how people see my stuff and it's it's the main place that I get sales from um, is through through contact on Instagram, you know, um, and you can like definitely connect with other artists. Yeah, I, I find Instagram is fantastic. Like I don't have a Facebook business page and up until recently I didn't have a website. So Instagram really was the only place that I would have gotten sales through, you know. I have, you know, a few pieces in a couple of shops, like one in Clonakilty, Wild Atlantic Designs and in Grey Heron and Bandon. But apart from that, it's it's 90% through Instagram. Mm. It's a great thing, a great platform for small businesses, small artists to have and to showcase their, their work. Mm-hmm. And it's something that you're obviously, you've utilised quite well because that's how I came across you. <laughs> and I, it was on my Instagram feed and I instantly went, hmm, that's interesting. Isn't it great that you can get yourself out there and you showcase yourself very well and it's quite appealing from a viewer just to kind of look at your Instagram page. You see the videos and you can see how the whole process is. Uh, thanks. I think a lot of it, though, is like other people, like I don't promote my posts or stuff. Mm. Like I know you can do that, but if someone buys your work and they share it on their stories or share it on their page, then that's a massive other audience massive. for yeah. your stuff. So that, mm. that's how that's how I would have gotten gotten a lot of my pieces sold mm. is through people putting up a story mm. um and sharing it and and then their followers would have gotten on to me which is incredible you know 
that's a great way for people to support other artists or other people is by sharing and mm-hmm. uh, on Instagram because that's it's a great promotional tool for yourself if other people mm-hmm. share your stuff you know it's hard to sell yourself it is you know? yeah. <laughs> to be fair I don't like I'm not great at posting like some yeah. people post every day and there's all these algorithms you're supposed to do or I don't know but I I don't probably post as often as I should but then it can be a bit tiring because you've got to you know take photographs and yeah. put them up and <laughs> so I I probably should use it better um but look for for what i can produce at the moment it's it's enough you know it it does well Mm -hmm. yeah and you mentioned there about your website um Mm -hmm. so you created that yourself which fair play it it looks amazing how did you find that process yeah I, i put off setting up a website for ages like it's only something i've done very recently um probably because i didn't have enough pieces to sell you know like people would order stuff and I'd be trying to keep up with orders nearly you know so I didn't really feel like a a website I kind of needed it but then you know Instagram only is for people who are on Instagram and um and and you're kind of cut off from from a whole other audience as well Mm -hmm. you know um and I I just I I was in this 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 magazine interiors magazine asked would, would could they do a feature and I was like oh yeah and I needed a website, you know, you couldn't just tell people to go to Instagram, you know. So I set about doing the website and like the local enterprise office give grants for people to you know, help with the costs of a developer. Um, but then I thought, you know, I could I could try one of the website building sites myself. Um, like I use Squarespace. There's a few of them out there. Mm. Um, and again, I'm not techie at all. So I definitely went the long and difficult way about it. But I just felt that if I did it myself, then I, if, if I ever wanted to tweak something or add a product or that I, I could do it myself without having to go to somebody else. Like I loved the idea of being able to have to do it all without having to go to somebody else, you know, and it was tricky. Like Squarespace is good. It's not the most user friendly, but like you can get to grips with it. Like if I can mm. get to grips with it, I think most people could. Um, but even things like I had asked a photographer to come in, take a few shots to put them on the website. And then with COVID that couldn't happen. So I had to like take my own shots and edit them. And it's kind of tricky. It's fine. Like it, it'll do the job for, yeah. for now, definitely. And I, I might get a developer to have look look over it. So you you recently had an exhibition in um, Grey Heron in Bandon. It's great to see local businesses supporting local artists. How do you find the whole exhibition experience? Well, look, Grey Heron is run by my husband, Phil, so and his brother, Dave. So like, I did have it in there, you know. Um, but at the same time, it was a bit daunting. Like I, I was thinking, will I or won't I? Um, but it, I just thought, you're a look, I'll just, just go for it. And the main thing it made me do was try to create a body of work. You know, I, I did a, um, an exhibition before there, years before that, it was just paintings, you know. There was no real cohesion to the work, you know, whereas this mm-hmm. time I wanted to, it was just my coastlines and I had to think about how they'd look and how many pieces I'd need to have. Um, so for that, it, it was good. And also it just brought my work to a much wider audience. Um, it's fine if, you're, if your friends or your family buy your pieces, you know, but like, do people who aren't who aren't trying to keep you happy like would they actually buy my pieces you know yes, that's that's yeah. what I was trying to see as well like if I if if I wanted to try and do this as as maybe part-time job almost um 
I needed to know if people wanted to buy buy my work objectively. Mm. Um, so that was that was interesting, um, and it was really helpful. So, what are your plans for this year, for the rest of twenty twenty one and beyond? So, one big thing is that I'm going to see can I reduce down my days as a physio mm. um, and supplement that with income from my art which is a bit of a risk and it's a bit daunting but I just feel you know why why not like if I don't try it I'll never know Mm. um so I'm going to try and do three days as a physio for six months and then and then kind of well two days as an artist but it'll be like every other minute we'll be doing my art um and just just to see like is it financially feasible or not you know Mm. um so that's where I've kind of really tried to focus on my online shop and and just thinking about yeah how how can I probably promote myself a bit better and and market a bit better um so that's that's one thing and the other thing I want to do is is get all the coastlines of Ireland done which (laughs) (laughs) I'm very slow um but that's my my plan is to have pretty much every every coastline now I I was doing very small areas and like that would take me years you know so now I, I'm really kind of just focused on the big the big pieces um and that way I'll be able to get around the coastline a bit quicker um which you know it, it, it's far and against that because obviously mm. they're more expensive people like the smaller pieces too because they're more affordable so yeah. I just can't do it all at the yeah. moment so I'll, I'll stick with that and just see how I go um and yeah and then the other thing is just to try and get my letterpress printer up, up and running maybe as well if I can a namer <laughs> a namer yeah yeah very good um, so I suppose finally w- what piece of advice would you give to the aspiring artist listening like what mistakes or good choices did you make that you think will be of benefit to others starting out um, I would say one of the things for me is just to get out of my comfort zone and just to say yes to something even if I'm not 100% sure you know like there's been like people have asked me to do prints that I wasn't sure I could do could do well and then that that just led to something else you know mm. um so I would say say yes to opportunities um try not to think overthink it too much and and also try not to be too self-critical you know I think we're we're far more critical on ourselves than other people are like mm. I would never think about other people's work the way I think about they think might think of mine, you know. Yeah. Um, so so try not to be too self-critical and just go for it. And then I think the other thing is just to be kind of realistic with what you can achieve in, in a certain time frame. I'm definitely guilty of setting goals which are ridiculous, like, you know, and then I get disappointed when I don't achieve them. But it was never going to happen in the first place. Yes. <laughs> and then I get overwhelmed and I don't touch art for a few weeks, you know. Yeah. So I would say just to kind of break it down into achievable steps um and just you know not focus too much on the bigger picture just 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 to kind of break it down to what you smaller steps that you can achieve a bit more easily maybe thanks Aoife thank you Jardine thanks for taking the time to chat to us today on the Cork Creative Podcast Aoife has recently launched an online shop so do check out your website aoifemclaughlinart.com you can find out more information and links at the Cork Creative website